Yo guys, Seth Gross on the pod. This is probably one of my favorite episodes. Some of you may relate to a story. Uh, it's super inspirational and we dive into other things as well. And once again, this video is brought to you by the Dopaminio Bands. I'm getting a nice cool down with these bad boys after a hard practice. Let's get into the pod. Woo! Start digging around in people's cars, taking stuff from it. Handful of felony charges, a handful of misdemeanors, and I was in a jail cell with 30 other dudes. And I couldn't really figure out anything to do. He ended up attacking me pretty quick. Was Joey McKenna? Like, oh. looked like their legs are swollen and and just struggling. I was just, I literally shut down. Was like tapping my feet and like. I couldn't even think straight and he's telling us he's about to tech the number one guy in the country and <laughs> we're like dude stop that's where we're like dang this this dude's for real like he, he he's not just all talk like this dude can wrestle welcome back to the clash of combat podcast today we are joined with none other than Seth Gross how are you doing today I'm doing pretty good been been a pretty good day uh and not too much going on, but excited to be here with you guys and, and doing this. So Yeah, no, I'm excited. First up, <laughs> I got to show this. So me and Crosby are here. We got one more teammate on our high school team. When he transferred to, to Wisconsin, we got this shirt. Do you probably remember <laughs> this? Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that one. That's, that's my original slide. right there. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's got to be what, two, three, three years ago? Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's, it's got to be pretty old, but I thought he'd bring in just a good <laughs> little momentum. But <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I remember right when I got here, I did one. I jumped on. Uh, we did like an online podcast Okay. Right, right when I got to Wisconsin. So cool, cool to be here now doing another one. So. Yeah, that's cool. Well, the reason uh, that I ended up buying that shirt is one reason. And it's, <laughs> um, it's because when you wrestled Wisconsin versus Penn State, when you split old RBY, <laughs> that was the single like funniest and <laughs> like best <laughs> match I've ever watched yeah. and uh yeah and I just wanted to ask what was like going through your head when you're like oh my gosh I'm splatling like <laughs> top five guy in the nation right now oh I mean I, I don't know I mean I I hit that split a lot I love it and to hit it I actually so I've hit in a few big matches the first big match I ever hit it I actually hit it on Bryce Meredith um in the big 12 yeah. semifinals so it, when it's there, it's there. You got You just gotta go for it, and and it presented itself in that match. And I was like, man, I got I gotta go for it. It's there, and uh, it ended up working out. Get some back points there, but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool yeah. looking back on it and to see his success because he hadn't really. He was he was really good. Don't get me wrong, but he hadn't had a you know huge level of success at the college level yet. He was a freshman or sophomore, something like that, and then to see what he went on to do after that, two-time national champ, three-time finalist, so it's pretty cool looking back, being able to say, yeah, yeah. I splatled that guy, but sure. yeah, it was, it was it was cool. I, I'm i usually the guy getting splatled, so <laughs> I couldn't relate to the offensive side of that one, um, <laughs> but no, I, I really want to get to know like the full Seth Gross story, so um, for you yourself right now, in one sentence, how would you sub describe Seth Gross? Two, in one sentence, uh... Man, you put the pressure on there. I could have, I just something I would have thought about all day long. Uh, but I'd just say uh, somebody that's creative. Um, are we talking just wrestling or Seth Gross in Seth general? Seth Gross in general. As a oh, human. As a human. I would say I'm a pretty, pretty fun, pretty laid back guy that, that is very, very competitive in, in everything I do. And um, but, uh, faith is very important to me. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a big thing that's a very competitive, laid back, but competitive when it's time to do something, whether it's playing spike ball in the room, mm. whether it's dodgeball, whether it's wrestling. I'm pretty competitive in every area of my life, and uh, 
Yeah, fun. I said wife, but yeah, me and her get competitive in just about everything. Like we wake up every morning. Actually, it's pretty funny. We've been doing it for probably six, seven months now. But we wake up every morning at like 5:30 a.m. and we play. We play cards against each other, and what? it gets it gets heated. Like yeah, like all right. And when I'm ready, if she beats me and I'm ready to head to work, it'll be like all right. I'll see you later. And oh, <laughs> slam dang. the door. But no, it's fun. Like I said, I think that's a big big part of me is the competitive nature and. um yeah, yeah. So that's that's a little bit about me. Yeah, I like that. That's crazy. The um, you get up at five thirty, play cards. You think it might be like get a nice hard <laughs> live in or something. You go right to cards. Oh yeah, we go we go hard at the cards though. We play a game. It's called five hundred rum. Yeah, I don't know if you guys play no. that one, but yeah, we we play that one every morning and. Yeah, we got got a little tradition there going, but I will say that uh, she 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 probably maybe she'd admit it, but I probably win ninety percent of the time. Mm, so. All right. <laughs> Respect. Yo. Who's your go-to spike ball partner? Who back back when we played a lot, we kind of moved more towards we actually play I don't even know what you call this game. We play a new game where you throw the ball up and you got to like volley it three times then when you catch it you can throw it at somebody mm. and you get like three lives and once you you're out. But when we played spike ball, I played with Reader a lot. So he, yeah. he he's he's a pretty good spike ball player, player. So we would we would beat up on everybody. We've oh. we've heard so in our last podcast with our head coach, you know Nick, yeah. we were talking and uh, he was saying that Reader is one of the most competitive guys that you'll see. Like if there was a tournament between all like the coaches, that Reader would be the guy to win oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, that's why you want you want him on your team. Yeah. That's why you want him on your team. Yeah, he gets competitive and he gets competitive, like you said, in everything he does. But like wrestling, spike ball, things like that. Like he straight zones out and goes eight million <laughs> miles per hour. Like. Once he's going, there's no there's no stopping him. So right. he, he's a guy. He gets rolling. It's it's game on. But like I said, that's why that's why you got that's why I was smart and, and brought him on my side and uh, and we go kick everybody else's butt. But yeah, he he gets competitive, man. He he's another guy that definitely has that competitive nature in everything he does. That's fair. Yeah. Um, before here, you were talking about you know in high school, you're on the same team as you know Mark Hall and Gable Stevenson. So how was your uh, whole high school experience in regards to that? It was cool, man. It was cool, and it's cool because um, Apple Valley had a had a time period where we had a really good teams, but not a lot of guys went on and did well in college. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool just being where I am now, seeing like three guys that were on the same same team, you know, winning national titles, um, fighting to make world teams, and it's cool. I just get to see them, you know, when we're on the road, and I get to chat chat with them. But it's cool, you know, seeing that we all came from the same place, the same yeah. team that same room um, and that Apple Valley did a good job of developing. You know, we had a lot of guys go D1 out of our team, and then us three did did pretty well once we got to Division One. So it's it's cool looking back, and they, they were amazing guys. Gable was pretty young when I was there. Sure. He's an eighth grader. Um, but me and Mark were really close. We He would stay in the night at my house all the time growing up in high school. And, and yeah, we, we, we would get competitive in actually Yu-Gi-Oh! It was what we oh. played back in the day. <laughs> sure. we, we would play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, video games, things like that. But, yeah, I was really got to hang out with Mark a lot back in high school. So yeah, That's cool. So even with Gable in eighth grade, he's practicing with your team every day, right? Yep. Yeah. So so Minnesota, you can wrestle when you're a seventh, eighth grader. So I'm pretty sure he got second as an eighth grader. I could be wrong. He could have. Yeah, I think second as an eighth grader. But yeah, you can wrestle seventh and eighth grade. So he was in there all the varsity practices as a seventh grader and. Um, yeah, he, he he was the same. I mean, obviously he's probably changed a ton, but <laughs> he had that same uh, same uh, confidence back yeah. then. You know, even before he was where he is today, he had that confidence, and and it's cool to see that he he never never gave up on that confidence. I remember he came in as uh, with that eighth grade year it was the first year he started, and um, 
I remember we were going, I want to say it was the Christmas tournament. He was wrestling Lance Bennett, who was uh, number one kid in the country at the time. And, and this is Gable, like to us, he's just a little Gable. And he, he was pretty chunky at the time. Still heavyweight? Uh, he was probably 80 to 90, okay. 95, somewhere in there. And so we all, I mean, we've seen him in the room and he does all right, but our older guys beat up on him and he's telling us he's about to tech the number one guy in the country. And <laughs> we're like, dude, stop. And then like, <laughs> he's making bets with people left and right. And we're like, dude, stop. And he goes out there. He ends up, I, I, he lost a really close, I want to say overtime match, but that's where we're like, dang, this, this dude's for real. Like he, he, he's not just all talk. Like this dude can wrestle. And uh, he, you know, obviously he went out from there to start dominating everybody in the country and then he goes on to the division one level olympic level and does his thing but he he has always had that confidence and i think that's a huge part of who he is and you know how he got to where he is so that's cool i didn't know that yeah yo, yo. Huh. it's kind of funny a funny story about him when he was in high school so we're working for this guy over the weekend at the wisconsin freestyle state and his dad is the one that cleaver is the one that's like running yeah, it through yo. us and his son wrestled Gable in the Cheesehead Finals. <laughs> okay. And Gable tech followed him. And his only point scored, Cleaver's only point scored, was when Gable, like, just absolutely, like, slapped him. <laughs> like a penalty yeah. point. Okay, at least you got a point. Not yeah. A lot of people <laughs> <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. That's funny. I'm going to kind of switch gears here. Um, and so when you first, you know, went to college, what did you look for at Iowa that made you want to decide to go there? Man, uh, there was there was a lot of things, right? I, I, I checked checked out three, four, five, or five different places, and um, the thing that I'd say stood out to me at Iowa was definitely just how many partners mm. and the intensity, and you know the brands were around my size, and so you had Tony Ramos, you had Corey Clark, you had Thomas Gilman, you had Brent Medcalf, you had both Man. the brands brothers. You know, it goes on and on and on, and so it was like. I went on a visit and I got to watch practice. I'm seeing these guys just battle it out. And I was like, man, that is something I want to be a part of. Like mm. I was ready to throw my shoes right then and there and like <laughs> get beat up on that, that day. But that, that was a huge part of it for me was those partners and the intensity that was going on in that room. Cause that, that was kind of similar to Apple Valley. Like it was, it was a tough room. Like even as a, you know, eighth grade freshman for me, I was getting absolutely destroyed in the room on a daily basis. So it was like, man, I got to fight my way up the food chain. And I felt that same kind of vibe and energy when I went on that visit to Iowa. So I think I was just, just attracted to that. So that was kind of the big part mm -hmm. in the deciding factor. Um, you know, looking back, you know, it was probably, it was a good and bad thing, but I think I didn't look at many other factors. It was mm -hmm. just straight, straight wrestling. And that was the only thing I cared about. And so it's like great partners, great intensity. I didn't really look at, you know, what's life, outside of the wrestling scene look like for me and where can I plug in in different areas of my life so I'd say that's the only thing that maybe I, yeah, I should have slowed down and see hey it's there is other things besides wrestling when you're choosing sure. a college and so but but that was the big deciding thing for me going to w Iowa. Were you ever thinking about more on the academic side like what am I going to do after wrestling? Like, was it always just like the path was to be a coach and kind of go through that path? Yeah, I, I don't even know if when when I really decided I wanted to be a coach, but the opportunity presented itself, and I've absolutely lo loved doing that. But, yeah, going in, it was – the academic side definitely definitely mattered to me just because my parents were, were big on that. I mean, you look now, my sister's a doctor. My brother's going to PT school now. My sister's computer science, right? They all got – four O's like all at college <laughs> so I'm kind of the, the the run to the litter when it comes to academics sure um but it was always something they did prioritize I, I'm 
I, I probably didn't personally, but they, mm. they pushed it. So I did at least think about it a little bit. And I knew that Iowa was at least decent, decent academically. So it checked the box for my parents too. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So one, one thing on your Instagram, of course, you know, God's wrestlers, your username. And I kind of do want to really hear from your perspective about that whole situation and, you know, your pin post on Instagram to that whole story. Yeah. Could you dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I get to Iowa my freshman year and, and just to kind of preface it, um, just my family growing up, I was very, very, very strong in my faith. I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say that it was something that I chose to do for myself. I just grew up around it. My parents were bringing us to church, bringing me to Bible studies, mm -hmm. um, all that. So I was just involved with it. And so naturally, right, that, that was just part of my life. And um, I get to Iowa, and no longer did I have my parents kind of pushing this stuff on me. And so as soon as I got there, you know, early on, I, I did a little bit of FCA-type stuff or Athletes in Action and stuff. And as the training got hard and, and you get in that college lifestyle, I kind of started kicking that stuff to the side. And, and kind of you know, my faith kind of fell off, fell to the back burner and wasn't even anything I thought about, right? I didn't have my parents pushing me to do that anymore. And so it was kind of something that that slid big time and, and with that being said um wrestling was my idol at the time like it was everything to me all i cared about i was obsessed with it i wanted to be a national champ and that's the only thing that mattered like i knew to do that i had to do good in school i had to make good decisions um so i get to iowa and i had a fairly good uh red shirt year i think i was 14 and three or something and I lost to my teammate I lost to Dean Heil who won nationals mm -hmm. that year so I lost to lost to good guys um but a pretty good pretty good fresh redshirt freshman year and then towards the end of the year um I ended up getting injured and I hadn't really been injured much in my career at all so I never felt like what it's like to not have wrestling in my life and so when that happened um I didn't know what to do with myself it was kind of like I came to Iowa to wrestle, and now now that I can't wrestle, you know, now I'm coming in the room and jumping on the bike for 45 minutes and doing rehab, and, and mentally that, that, that was tough on me. It was just, I don't know, it, it was, I guess since I hadn't been injured, it was just something really hard for me to deal with, and, and I wasn't in a good place mentally, and I started kind of turning to making some poor decisions, going out to, you know, and and it's kind of crazy. I, I didn't drink at all that whole whole first year because I was so obsessed with the wrestling mm -hmm. and, and being around that, being the best wrestler I could be. And I knew that to be the best wrestler, drinking wasn't conducive to winning. Um, and as soon as I got injured, um, I, I started hanging around the party scene. I didn't drink at first. And then, crazy enough, the very first night I drank when, when I was at Iowa was the night that I got in trouble. <laughs> and... Uh, but, but like I said, I started surrounding myself with that, and sooner or later you kind of fall fall down that hole a little bit. And so um, one night, uh, a bunch of the wrestlers, this was like right right as season ended. Actually, I think the starters had just left for nationals, so the red shirts and just some guys that weren't wrestling were out uh, making some poor decisions. And, um, yeah, we ended up a few of the guys uh, after the party were just – getting ready to leave and head home and i think we we're in cedar rapids at somebody's house it's like 40 minutes and uh yeah before whatever reason we started digging around in people's cars taking stuff from it and uh yeah we ended up i mean it was like mm. i want to say it was like 9 or 10 p.m so it was like 
what, what do you got? I mean, not that, you know, we plan this huge thing out, but it's like, what are you doing taking things from people's car at 9 p.m.? Because obviously somebody saw us doing it, called the cops, they pulled up while we, while we were doing it, and um, a few of us got, got ended up in jail that night, and uh, yeah, ended up with some, some pretty pretty severe charges, actually. They, they, they brought us in for questioning, and none of us would say anything, and so... We made it pretty hard on ourselves. They got pretty upset that we didn't say anything, so they brought every possible charge they could at the time. And so we had a handful of felony charges, a handful of misdemeanors, but but quite a bit of charges. Hmm. So it was it was a tough time, and, and yeah, it was pretty. I mean, I'm pretty far removed from it, but I sure. can still remember what it felt like. Like it was actually St. Patrick's Day, and I was in a jail cell with. 30 other dudes like it was it was a crazy it's like something you see from a movie yeah yeah no and it's like i remember how i felt it was like scary but looking back it's like geez but yeah there was 30 dudes in there i remember i was in there and they toss you a blanket that like maybe covers one leg and and then they like bring out like cafeteria type type food in the middle middle like later in the night and i remember i was so just sick to my stomach like what did i do that like I couldn't eat my food, and I remember some huge, massive guy all tatted up, like looked over. You gonna eat that? <laughs> I slid it over, like all you, all you got it, you got it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. And actually, the even, even harder part for me, being out of state, they only let you have in-state phone calls. Whoa. So like, I grabbed the phone, and I like, I don't know anybody in state that I'm even gonna call. My entire family, my friends, everybody's in Minnesota, like. I don't know what to do. So, for, I mean, fortunately for, for me, not fortunate for him, but obviously another guy on the team was in there with me. And, and so he was able to contact his dad. And we ended up, I want to say, being in there for close to 30 hours. There were so mm. many people in there that it wasn't like a quick booking yeah. process. It was a long time in there. And then finally, finally we got out of there. And then, then, then the hard part, you know, telling my family, telling my coaches what we'd done. And, yeah, so. Because you're – your life changes there, and you know, in, in that post I was talking about, and then you go back, you gain 40 pounds, you start working at Target then. At, at this point, where you're at now, if you could go back and you see yourself working at Target, what would you say? Because you went on and you really like made that step as like, whoa, like I'm not who I want to be. And then you, you kind of tr- transform that on a big step. Yeah. So what, what would you say to yourself there? And that's hard because, you know, man, I'm a, I don't know. I, I probably overthink the question sure. here, but I'm like, man, if I would have told myself, maybe it would have messed up my yeah, whole path yeah, and I'd never, yeah. never get to where I am today. But it would just be, you know, trust, trust in God's plan for your life because that was the one big thing that did come out of it all is I really fell back on my faith, faith in that time. At first, it was a lot like, why God? Like I made the right, you know, I, was, I, was, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't doing this, and now I'm the one, you know, and I started pointed fingers like that guy went out every night this guy did that and I'm the one that's you know in trouble so at first it was a why God thing and then you know as things kind of settled down and came a little bit more removed it was like God, you know almost God pulling me away saying hey you push me to the back burner right you put wrestling up here as your idol and I didn't like that and I you know I tried other ways to get you to focus on me but you didn't and so that's what had to be done, and so that's kind of how I think of it. You know, God just kind of, kind of pulled me back and said, "Hey, there's more, more important things than wrestling. There's more, bigger things in your life, and um, I need you to realize that I, I, I'm always number one." And so that was that was a big thing that came out of it all. And so I guess if I saw myself, it'd just be try, you know, trust in God's plan and and just focus on Him. I like that. That's cool. So, 
How long were you, was it between when you left Iowa, when you finally made your decision to go to South Dakota State? So I left Iowa, so I got in trouble in March, and I was driving back and forth from Iowa to Minnesota after that, but I had to finish up school, so yeah. I was in Iowa until probably June. Okay. Um, finishing school, but I wasn't wrestling, doing anything. So I didn't wrestle for six, six plus months. And, um, and then I want to say it was July slash August time where I, I finally made the decision that I was going to wrestle and then started reaching out to places and ended up finding South Dakota state. So it was probably August when I got there and, and started. How was your stamina? Oh, terrible. <laughs> so I got, I got another, another funny story. So it was, it was really bad, really yeah. bad. Um, and Bono, Bono had the guys out in South Dakota running, running quite a bit, um, in the off season. And it was a pretty short run. Like we do practice and it'd be, it was called the Perkins run. We just run to Perkins run back. And it was probably a mile there, a mile back. And I had a tough practice. I'm already out of shape. I'm dying, barely getting through the practice. And at the end, he's like, all right, guys, go do your Perkins run. And so we start running. And like I said, I'm, I'm 40, you know, 170. I'm 40 pounds bigger than I am right now. Uh, and I start running. I'm like, I cannot doubt. I'm going to throw up. I can't do this. I'm not going to make it. So uh, right when you start, like literally like 100 steps into the run, uh, run there's like this big area of trees. Mm. Okay, so and, and somebody tagged along with me that was struggling too, but we got the smart idea that hey, we'll just we'll just hide in the trees. When they come back around, we're gonna jump out, and and no nobody will ever know. So we jump in the trees, um, and we're sitting there waiting because we were in the back to start. We're sure, sitting sure, there waiting, sure. and then I don't know what I was thinking. Like I wasn't always the smartest, but I decided to jump out in like second place at the end, oh. like, like <laughs> and just book it in like right at the end and. And that didn't sit too well with the other guys. I think if I would have waited and mm. came in last or something, I, I probably rat on yeah, you. I probably would have got away with it. But I jumped out and and granted, this is like my first or second week there too. So these guys are like, "What? Who is this freaking chubby dude jumping <laughs> out of the? What? Freaking go do the run!" And then they had uh, one of the uh, assist, or volunteer coaches at the time run the whole way with me to make sure I did oh, the whole thing. Geez. And so that was one of my first couple weeks at South Dakota State. But <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk more about your relationship with like Bono. Yo. So like, what was it about him that made you follow him to Wisconsin? Oh, uh, so the big thing, um, right. Obviously he was the guy that gave me a second chance, but a big thing that I liked when I went to South Dakota state to visit, um, after I got in trouble, all this is, you know, he kind of looked me in the eye and he said, Hey, you know, you need to tell me exactly what you did. And, um, and, and be honest with me and uh no, no bull crap like just tell me what you did and then we'll figure it out from there and you know i looked him in the eye and i have a pending court case going on i probably shouldn't be discussing details but i told him you know exactly every little detail and he's like i believe you this is the last time i we're ever going to talk about this right it's done you know if you want to come wrestle here i've talked to our athletic director right we figured that you know we can get you in here. You're going to be able to wrestle if you come to school here. Um, but this is the only time we're ever going to talk about this, right? It's in the past. It's over with. And I, and I don't think you're going to do something like that again. And, and that meant a lot to me. And, you know, the one thing he did say is, like, you're, you, it's one strike here. You know, you show up to one practice late. You do one thing. You miss one class. You're, right, you're gone. And, and to me, you know, him just saying, you know, we're, once you tell me, it's, we're, we're past it. And so that was important to me, and and that that really just made me want to want to go there and be a part of his team. And then, yeah, we got really close over the years. And so he was a guy that 
was there when I was at my lowest point, was willing to give me a second chance and, um, right, didn't give up on me even, you know, I had a really bad freshman year at South Dakota State, you know, the first half of the year, and he stuck with me and um, helped me get to where I am today, so. You going to do sure. any 100-mile uh, runs with Bono in the future? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, we'll wait till I'm done competing to do that because, man, I think those guys are still hurting to this yeah. day from that 100-mile race. Oh, yeah, that would t- they're crazy. I, I don't think they really knew what it was going to be like and, like, didn't really know how to prepare. They just mm. went and did it. Mm-hmm. They, they were running, like, 80 miles and like they go do a 30 mile like to, to train for this they were doing 30 mile runs <laughs> marathons and it's like this cannot be good on your body no. like this can and so i think i think that that they're still feeling it to this day so i'm gonna wait till uh after i'm done competing if i'm ever gonna do a hundred miler but they did do they did a 50 year after that too and they crushed that one easy so but 100 miles man it's no joke dude i almost wouldn't even want to train for it just do it like that's what i said no way my training is going to be over a marathon that's what i said i was like if i was do i I would break in the training and then not be able to do that i I would just go straight out there and and try to mentally get it done i think (laughs) it would not yeah i got so i got to my wedding was actually the night before um and they were at my wedding the night before and then they got up early that next morning to go do the race but um, obviously spending some time with the wife after the wedding so i didn't get to to be their support until right at the end we drove up at like and I remember um, I was texting Bono's wife I was like hey like let me know when they're close and she was giving me updates and I was like let me know when they're like you know it's like a 40 minute drive I was like let me know when they're two two three miles out so I can make sure I'm there on time and she didn't text me didn't text me and you know I'm starting to look up and I see that they're like a mile away and I was like hey are, are they getting close she's like they're a mile away I was like you're supposed to tell me like I'm gonna miss it now I'm freaking out and she's like you're good. They're going slow, like capital <laughs> S L O W. And so I drive down there and, and, and th- by the time I drove 40 minutes, they'd probably gone only like half a mile further. So they oh. still had like half a mile to go. And when I finally saw them, she was right. They were going slow. <laughs> like, like oh. it looked like their legs are swollen and, and just struggling, but they got it done. They got it done. And, uh, it was funny. So another funny story about that. I know I remember these guys. These guys are tough, man. The <laughs> next day, right? Neither of them can barely walk. They're like peeing blood and struggling, and they end up going to uh, to visit a kid, like do a do a uh, uh, visit at somebody's house, and like uh, readers in crutches and Bono's like hobbling in, and and they go visit a kid, and uh, yeah. So they, they 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 didn't slow down. They 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 were a little crippled for a while, but they kept kept rolling right after it. Wait, that that was a recruit. Yeah. Did he but, commit? Ah, shoot, I, 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 I don't remember who it was, but I'm, I want to say it's one of one of our guys now. Okay, I, I'd have to check with them. But. That'd be an interesting story. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. What's wrong? Why is this guy in crutches right oh. now? Oh, was it just Bono and Reader that did that? So uh, actually, my teammate from South Dakota State, uh, Henry Polmeyer. I don't know if you guys know that name, but he was uh, he's my training partner all throughout. Uh, that's my time at South Dakota State. But he came out to Wisconsin and trained in the regional training center, the RTC, for a while, and he did the race for uh, with them as well. And he he actually he crushed it. Like he he I think he might have done it in like 26 hours or something. Holy crap! So he crushed it, and he he he's a wild man. Uh, if you ever get to know him, he he's an absolute wild man. And I guess he didn't. He just straight out went and went out there and did it. Like he didn't have a cell phone, he didn't have music, he didn't have nothing, and this dude just put his head down and <laughs> hammered out a hundred miles. Holy crap! He'd be eating. Uh, he he stopped drinking. here and there, but like 
and, and yeah, like I said, he's an interesting one. Like he doesn't sweat very much either, and like this dude probably probably stopped a couple times throughout the race. But mm. Bono and Reader always tell the story because Henry was way ahead of them, and like they end up because you go down, back, down, mm. yeah, down, back, down. So it's like 33 miles each way, and like they see Henry and there's no one within like 10 miles and he's just <laughs> looking straight up in the pitch dark, just running away. And like, he goes past him and he doesn't even notice them. And they're like, Henry. <laughs> and he's like, like pops up like, Oh, Hey guys. And like, <laughs> and then he went back to doing his so, thing. But. So, so would you say if you take those stops, you, you'd still give him the, the mile completion, oh right? If he still stops, right? Like, and he does Dude. it that day. What's that? Like, cause you said he did the hundred miles, don't yeah. but he, ma- he made a couple stops, right? Oh yeah. Don't yeah. listen to this dude. <laughs> What's wrong with stopping? No, That's no, no. What, okay, okay. He, he ran a marathon last summer and he stopped to get like coffee in the morning, stopped for food. Yeah. But it, most people could run a marathon. Hey, coffee. yeah. If you, if you finish within the time frame, I think you're good to go. <laughs> what was, what was the there was an unlimited time frame. <laughs> <laughs> it was a I had to do it. In a day. It was just the first one. How, yeah. how long was the break? Ah. Uh, Okay, they actually took really long, and there was no one in the drive-thru either. It was McDonald's, and usually they're fast yeah. because it was at this point where I was going to McDonald's for coffee every day because yeah. I was obsessed with, like, this YouTuber who would have it every day and, like, their challenge. He tried yeah. to move a penny across America. I, like, woke up every day watching it, so I'm like, dude, I have to go get coffee. And yeah. so it became part of that challenge. But Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that, that's funny. But, yeah, they stopped. They got to, like, I guess the – I didn't get to see any of the stops, but I guess, like, every stop's, like, a party, like, music, pizza <laughs> – like people are like, they 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 were telling me like people are literally taking shots at the rest stops. Like it, it's like crazy. Like it's a party at the stops and like. You think Goggins is taking know. shots at the place? <laughs> <laughs> he might be. I don't know. That dude's a wild man. Yeah. He, he just gets it done. I can't. You would like puke that up. I feel like yeah. right away. That's what I. I, I yeah. It, it. I don't know. Like it's like your body's burning so many calories that like whatever you put in's just got to be like running through your yeah. system. Like. Yeah. You could eat a friggin' whole pizza and you just burn that off in the next two yeah. hours of running. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll experience it. I don't know. Yeah. Do you run it all like for training, like outside of like scheduled runs? Yeah. So I used to I actually used to run a lot in my training. I've kind of switched up over the past year and a half. Um, I I kind of I do more of like shorter runs now, high intensity, and then probably once or twice a week I'll do longer slow slow runs kind of zone two training but a little bit a little bit of running now a lot more probably two years ago I was running a lot a lot like 15 miles a week at least so oh nice I just want to know who is the best person you have wrestled the best practice or a match who yeah let's start with a person I've wrestled in a match are we talking based on just accomplishments or like, no, like just, who he feels just feel to you? Like you're wrestling them like, oh my, like this dude is so good. Like when you're wrestling them. Oh, man, that is a great question. I'd say the guy uh, that beat me up the most and I couldn't really figure out anything to do. He ended up attacking me pretty quick was Joey McKenna. Yeah. Um, so that was a match that I, I wrestled. It was like one of those flow cards, but I went out there and that dude, like I've practiced with him and I was like, Man, I think I can wrestle with this guy. And I went out there, and this dude was strong. Like, yeah. like he, he figured he shot in. I thought I was in a pretty good position to hit 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 a head pinch, and I got my knees under. And this dude straight picked me up and 
afford me and i was like man this guy this guy's pretty good he's so, gonna be bigger than you though yeah so yeah. i went i went i was a 61 kilo guy he was and we ended up wrestling i think at 66 kilo 67 oh, kilo geez. somewhere in there i was bigger at the time though i had wrestled 65 like the bill or that was before that but i mean i i, I probably weighed in around my walking around weight okay. where he was probably coming down a little bit so he was definitely yeah. a little bigger and stronger than i was but that was one match that i like walked off and i was like man, I don't even know what I, I just got to get stronger if I want to wrestle this dude again. <laughs> what do you think about those flow cards, personally? I think they were cool, especially, you know, where we were at at the time. I think it'd be cool if they kept doing them just because mm-hmm. you saw a lot of really cool matches that aren't going to happen, like, like especially the different weight classes, like me going up and wrestling him probably wouldn't happen. David Taylor, Jordan Burroughs, you see these kind of crisscross matches where you can actually have guys wrestle guys that aren't maybe in their weight class, and so – I, I thought that was really cool. It was just mm-hmm. matches you might not see. And yeah. so right now it's like there's the U.S. Open, there's trials, Final X, things like that. But outside of that, none of these guys really wrestle much. <laughs> so it's like it was cool because you, you saw Jordan Burroughs way more than you see in a typical year. You saw David Taylor a lot more. And, mm-hmm. and so it was cool, I think, it, from that perspective to see those matchups and see those top guys compete a little more often. Yeah. When, when we're talking with, you know, these guests, I know we, Gable said it, um, you know, Becker said it last time, is that, like, why wrestling isn't more popular? And it, it's literally just because of story and how it, like, if it makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? And especially for wrestling, like, if you're, if you're seeing a guy wrestle once per year, like, yeah. who, like, yes, it's cool when it happens, but why can't it be, like, a full year, like, of, like, hype? Like, you want to go watch, like, what he's doing and yeah. competing and, exactly. um, like... I don't know. That's just something that we've been yeah. hearing. No, and I, I agree, right? It's tough because I wrestle. Yeah, like I said, it's like a two, two to three month time frame right after college where you actually have competitions. Unless you're going out doing international stuff, you know, traveling across the world. Which, right for me, that gets tricky with being a coach too. And so, you know, if there was more tournaments, you know, here in the here in the U.S., I would I would wrestle, you know, every other weekend if I could. And I think a lot of guys would. Um, but with that being said, you know, wrestling's not at a point where, like, these guys are going to, you know, it's not worth their time, right? Mm-hmm. Dave, yeah. You know, David Taylor's got a club. If he stays there, he's going to make X amount of money. Why is he going to go wrestle at this tournament where he's not, you know, making any money? He's taking the time away from his family. And so it's a hard spot because it's like, yeah, that would be great. Um, but, but these top guys, you know, they're doing really well. And it's like they're not going to take time away from their family mm-hmm. and, and that stuff just to, you know, go wrestle at, at a tournament when there's, you know, it doesn't get them anywhere. And so it, it's it's tricky. And, you know, that's why I did think the flow stuff was cool because they had a reason, right? They're getting a pretty nice paycheck to go wrestle in this sure. stuff. And so now they have a reason to show up and, and, and let it fly. Would you ever think that wrestling will be more popular based on the more monetizing abilities because now you know with nil of course that changes things but i mean when you look at like the senior level and it's it's not like it's football where there's like a season and stuff like this yeah and and i got i don't know i don't know i think i think that's tricky i think it'll take time i think it's possible i don't think it's going to be anytime real soon unfortunately but i think that if the right thing's built um and there's enough incentive but i think there's a huge tier of of uh like who was it i was talking to about was uh like we push 
guys away from wrestling that aren't like that number one guy, mm-hmm. right? If you're not making world teams, and like you see guys making comments like, "Why doesn't that guy retire? Mm-hmm. What what is he even wrestling for?" Where it's like, we there's a ton of guys that just love wrestling, and, and I think there's a, a very talented guys that love wrestling that might not be the very best guy that they'll go wrestle for free, right? They'll go wrestle for cheap. They'll go wrestle for you know a thousand bucks where. Right, we could target, you know, there's a ton of guys that would do that that I think you could start a league or some sort, right? It's hard when you got these top guys who want, you know, 50, whatever it is, $1,000, right? That's that's hard to sustain when you're starting out. But if you target that, you know, like stalemate leagues, I think he sure. does a great, yeah. great job. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, he's got guys that just love wrestling, right? He's got these guys that are, they're going to come, they're going to scrap, they're going to have fun. And he's really got the entertainment side of it mm-hmm. down. It's not all about having the very best guys wrestle every time, right? It's about making a story behind it, having having guys that just want to go out there, scrap, and um, so I think six, I think something like that could you yeah. know grow. And I, I love what he does, so I think that there needs to be more of that. Not not hey, this guy's third on the ladder. Why is he even wrestling yeah. anymore? No, that makes sense. I mean, I, like you said, that stalemates. It's almost like he's putting that WWE mix mm-hmm. back on wrestling. That's what. You know, people care about the story. People care about, like, like whoa, th- these guys got beef, and, like, I can't wait to see them wrestle. It doesn't matter if they're top two in the world. It doesn't matter if they're bottom 500. It's like if they got beef, it's like, oh, something's yep. going down. Yep. I I don't know. There's got yeah, to no, be something I, I agree, that. and like you said, that's that's what he does a good job of, and I think there could be more of that. And, and it's crazy in wrestling. Like, I'm not a big smack talker myself by any means, and, like, I hardly do it, but, like, people hate on any sort mm. of – you know, Carter Storacci, if he ever says anything, people are down his throw. You know, people sell too much after a match. They're down people. So it's like, sure. dude, well, well, you know, at the end of the day, that's fun. And people are talking about it and, and, it, and it brings a different different side. And I think it'll bring more fans in if we have more of that. Like, like I said, it's probably not my thing, but I love it when people do it. Like sure. I'm watching, right? I'm, yeah. I'm turning it on every time to see what Carter says. I might not be the biggest fan in the world, but I know he's going to say something that's entertaining <laughs> every time he does. And so I think that as a sport, right, we just need to embrace it, right? Yeah. Embrace the future and embrace that things got to change a little bit if we want to take it to the next level. That's a good point. I'm, I almost think it's like with those um, guys making those claims like Carter and stuff, I think every college athlete is like loves that, but I feel like the older generation's like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Like they're all like in their old times and kind of stuck. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they always yeah they take it as disrespect where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not they, they, you know I guarantee outside the mat that he is a very respectful dude towards you know I've talked sure. he, he's one of the most respectful guys I've met it's like it's just it's just part of being a showman you yeah know, a little bit and everybody has has their own way of doing it you know like a guy like Nick Suriano you know he you never know what he's gonna say but people are listening because he's a little different than your typical you know just throw out the answer that everybody wants to hear Mm -hmm. and it's like those personalities right we need to embrace those different personalities and and that's the guys that you see that 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 people want to watch you know even you know and then with that you know that's the other aspect of wrestling that i think i don't know how you fix it but you know one thing since i'm not a big smack talker is like every time i step on the the mat i want to make sure it's freaking the most exciting match in the world you know and i want to put 20 30 points on the board and 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 make it you know something that so anybody wants to tune into i don't i don't want to go out there and try to win you know a three to two sure. or four to three match that you know we were just pushing each other and hand fighting the whole time you know and so that that's the way i kind of try to you know 
you use my skills to to do that and, and make you know put a fr- uh, fun product out mm. there but like i said other guys it's smack talking and getting you know building that story around it so. i like that i think that's one thing i could add is maybe not like maybe of course if i can squeak out a win it's like it's different but having just go out there don't like care be like uh i don't know i don't want to get too in front of like the crowd and stuff yeah. like that but there's like levels to where you want to go with that absolutely I like that. absolutely and i mean you're you're a prime example of what like building a story around what you do like that's why people watch is because you take them to the you know to see what the everyday life is about see what it takes to get there and i think it inspires a lot of people sure. and, and it's something that they they they, they just want to see just because you're bringing them along for it and and right you you're very consistent that's that's the thing that, that i really appreciate watching you know seeing your stuff out there is how consistent you've been but i feel like some people dive into it and they don't see those results right away and then not enough people are watching you know i think there's a lot of people my, myself included have done a couple vlogs here and there and done really? this and it's just like that i didn't get the views i wanted yeah. and so I'm, and you know you see that time and time but I mean, consistency really is a thing in every aspect of life. The more consistency you can be with something, the better off, you know, you're going to be in the long run. Dude, I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I, I agree. Consistency is the biggest thing, uh, whether that be um, get better at wrestling, more mat time, you know, oh. better, of course, better coaching, better partners. I'll do it. But same thing, social media, like post a lot of content every day. You got to show up. Yeah. And that's a big part of it. Can we talk a little bit on your – your final X match last year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you lost the first one, 5-5. Five five. Yeah. Like, how did you stay in there mentally knowing that he only has to squeak out one more win mm-hmm. and you you have to come back and win two straight? Honestly, that 5-5 that five to five loss was actually, like, had me more fired up than anything. Like, just being there knowing, like, hey, I can do this. So it was, it was more, I think that first match was a confidence booster. And at the end of the first match, I actually – thought I was winning the match uh-huh. and I didn't realize so we had the exact same score and I scored last so I figured I won but I forgot I'd given a caution up and so I thought I won so there's like 10 seconds left and I stood there for like the first three or four seconds and then I heard heard, heard the coaches yelling like dude you're losing and I was uh-huh. like, oh, shoot see that, that, okay I, I just want to stop it here because in, in the Bo Bartlett match oh, with Nick yeah. Lee I thought Bo won like 100 percent and it's yeah. like of course maybe he would have tried to go yeah, that changes exactly. everything yeah but so that's that's the one one tricky thing is that caution you know if, if so if, if i have so uh, the ref should say down, something but yeah yeah right that's that's you know you either got to be aware of t- i just didn't know that the caution yeah. vetoed last point um but not now i know that for sure <laughs> but <laughs> learn learn the hard way but that besides that you know it doesn't happen too much but yeah, that's you know either looking over at the scoreboard they shift they have an underline i think they underline who's winning and i just didn't do that and mm. but yeah that that was yeah, I didn't know, and and then six, seven seconds left, I was like, "Oh crap, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> score then," and then didn't have time. But uh, I walked off just knowing that that I I knew what adjustments I needed to make, and um, I was just super fired up. I kind of saw that, I, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he thought it was gonna be easy. You know, I thought he teched me the year prior, and I thought I think he thought like, "Hey, I'm gonna beat up on this guy." Yeah. And he walked, you know, kind of off that first match with his head down a little exhausted and I, and I, I was ready to wrestle the second match the second I stepped off yeah. in that first match. So uh, I think yeah, I had some confidence going into the second one and then got that one done. And third one, you know, I was like, all right, time to go, time to go do this for sure. I was listening to a previous podcast you were on and you were saying how you think maybe, you know, three people in that whole arena thought that you could win that match Yo. and like how it cool. It must've felt like 
for you to actually like I yep. did it. Yep. And what, yeah. Was the feeling better after you won NCAA's or being on a world team? Uh, I'd say being on a world team. Really? Just because for me the dream's always been Olympic Olympic champ, world champ, and so um, I guess that's just always been the bigger goal to me. I think the atmosphere was obviously unmatchable at NCAAs, but I felt like, A, after college, you know, I had a tough, tough patch. You know, it was a guy that attacked me a lot, you know, and I, I'd struggled with some different injuries and stuff. So to get back and make a world team and be able to represent the country, that was that was just meant a lot to me. And so, and yes, yeah, you know, the three people that, you know, were probably ruined from my coaches – and then my dad and his brother were there. Outside of that, I think it was every single one was probably a, a Cowboys fan out there at uh, Oki State. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it was really cool and um, very very blessed to to have been able to make that world team and hopefully try to go do it again here in a few weeks. So, mm -hmm. how was uh, so? Of course, the U.S. Open, you know, Dinkle yeah. as to your liking and um, just walk us through that and your your process and your plan. Into what's next? Yeah, so I so I lost in the semifinals five to four to Austin DeSanto, and it was it was a good match. I mean, looking back at it, um, you know, I, I walked off knowing like I'm gonna get this guy next time, and I'll get the chance to mm -hmm. wrestle again here in a couple of weeks at the World Team Trials um, out in Colorado Springs. But you know, I always try to find, especially during quick turnarounds, try to find the positives in in my matches and stuff and I went back obviously broke down the film and think there's certain areas I got I gotta make some adjustments in but looking back at it the uh, four points he scored um, one was off me trying to head pinch that wasn't there um, and then the other one was I was kind of chasing him and overextended on a shot um, and so he didn't really generate a ton of his own offense mm -hmm. it all kind of came off of my stuff and so that's something you know that I you know, I can walk off the mat confident, you know, and, you know, I fix a few things up that I'm going to go uh, turn turn around that result. But, yeah, now now I get to go try to try to do it the hard way, right? I got to battle mm -hmm. through the, the world team trials, and, and then if I win that, go out to Final X and uh, wrestle Vito. So, um, but, yeah, that, that's the big thing. Like, even, you know, going into Final X against Fix last year, anytime, you know, I suffer a loss, it's like you got to figure out, what you know, obviously there's probably a lot of bad if you lost, but, you know, you could take some positives from it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, even when I got teched by Fix, it was like I got hit in the, th the same thing three times off my own two-on-one. Mm. So, right, if I just don't grab a two-on-one, there goes sure. eight points in that match, you know. And so it's like there's always there's always perspectives and different ways to look at things, and I try to be as positive as possible, you know, breaking mm. that stuff down. Yeah. One one thing I think that's really cool too is how you did that ge the gender re reveal. Oh yeah, yeah, that one that one went a little viral. That one, yeah, that was. That so was how, how fast are you gonna put your kid into wrestling? You think? Oh, I know. I think he's already he's he's moving around yeah. so much <laughs> in, in, in my wife's belly. It's crazy. Like, because it could be any day, right? Yeah. Uh, so she's third, almost thirty-one weeks. So okay. a couple month and a half, two okay. months left. But it's coming. It's coming quick. It's crazy how fast. Uh, it's gotten here, but yeah, yeah, you'll probably find his way to wrestle Matt <laughs> fairly, fairly soon. Uh, but yeah, we're fired up, a little, little boy on the way, and um, yeah, yeah, it's cool because yeah, like I said, it was crazy. Like two, three weeks ago, barely moving. Now it's like this dude's freaking like punching <laughs> and kicking, and you can feel it. So it's 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 cool. I'm I'm very excited for for uh, that part of my life. So are you nervous at all? Very, very. <laughs> I, I don't say it too much, but yeah, I'm definitely. 
definitely nervous. It's like I know it's happening, but it's like I know until the baby's really here. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what you know how much life's really gonna change. It's like mm. I think I'm prepared, and I think I think I, uh, you know, I'm gonna figure out when it gets here. But I know it's gonna be, it's gonna change everything. So, wow. Well, I'm looking forward to how that how that goes. <laughs> yo, yo. I wanted to ask you a little bit about when uh, when Rana had an MMA fight. Yo. So you hear a lot about the wives emotions coming in when their husbands fight yeah but you never hear about the husband when, when their wife fights oh man that was one of the like the first round when she went out there for that fight like i was like shaking insane <laughs> like couldn't even say anything the coach luckily there was another coach like i was just i literally shut down was like tapping my feet and like i couldn't even think straight and so it was it was nerve-wracking and then after she came out after that first round and like she took some pretty brutal hits the first round she's like i'm okay i'm gonna freaking you know do this and and i think she was she was it was her first fight so she was pretty surprised too right you spar all the time you get hit in the face but nothing's like getting hit during a real fight when somebody's really trying to you know do some damage but uh yeah that was that was one of the scariest like couple minutes and then once once i saw she gonna be all right it was like all right all right let's let's try to help her out here and uh yeah, but yeah, it was fun, and, and she's hoping to get back into that yeah. stuff. But yeah, she 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 loves it. So and but. she didn't take a like a gimme fight her first fight. No, she wrestled a national champ wrestler yeah. who had almost a year of experience more than her, and right. and she took. She, I mean, she only trained for three four months. It took that fight. Oh, seriously. And yeah. So she 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 jumped in it and. Her thing was like, if I don't just do it, I'm never gonna do it. So she's like, I'm just gonna like. She's, somebody asked her if she wanted to fight her, and <laughs> he's like, All right, I'll do it. And so yeah, I think that girl's gone on to win her next two or three fights here, and has done really well. So, um, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see her see her do that because it's something I always talked about too. You know, maybe maybe do this, and she's just like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm just gonna go out there and and yeah, she she's 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 one tough one tough one tough lady. So. Would you ever? Would you now consider MMA? Ah, uh, man, I, I I don't know. I I love like I love jujitsu. Like I love going in and like when she was training hard. Obviously with the baby, she hasn't been there. But when she was training hard for getting ready for fights and stuff, I was in there doing jujitsu probably two three times a week, and I I loved it. I love that side of it. Um, striking's not my favorite. Like I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't yeah. like getting hit in the head. Uh, but. who knows who knows i want to definitely focus on on this olympic cycle try to make this team and then i never know you know who knows maybe maybe i'll try it out but uh i'm not i'm not against it i I enjoy it and i enjoy watching it a lot like i watch all the ufc bellator one championship fights um but right now probably not but maybe in the future what was your reactions on the henry cejudo fight man i thought i mean i it is what you know it's hard to say one way i'm i don't know what the judges were thinking i think he won that last round which one judge didn't give him which kind of lost him the fight but then he got some gift i mean i'd say gifted around by a couple couple of the judges and so i think it was a close fight and they you know it was surprising how good sterling's wrestling matched up with him and and sterling did a good job so i was i was impressed i thought henry was gonna get him but three years off you know yeah that was i mean for three years off going in there taking it you know a fight like that and almost winning it i was that was pretty pretty sweet now uh, i think he, he, at the end of the day he's gonna find a way to be the champ again yeah. sooner or later so. yeah no i agree one thing last thing i kind of really want to touch base on is how you had your own wrestling shoe come out yeah, with yeah. Russell boutique yeah. how, how was that process for you that was cool it was really fun just having a you know a say on 
you know, what, what the shoe looks like and working mm -hmm. with him and, and making, you know, put my logo on it, picking the colors and a little bit on the design stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was really, it was really cool. And t it was good working with him and yeah, I enjoyed it. Sure. And now, now you're fully with ASICS. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, so how, how is that? Now? Yeah, I love it. I love, I love everything about it. It's been, it's been cool. Been, I, don't even, I think I signed with them in January, February time maybe, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. They mm -hmm. take care of me and, um, yeah, they deck me out. It's like I get a care package every single week, new shoes, new mm. new sweatshirt. But, yeah, they got some really good quality stuff. And I, I've always worn their, their running shoes. And I've – growing up, I was always an Asics guy um, for wrestling shoes. So it was pretty cool to, to see that come full circle where I actually get a chance to now, you know, be, be an athlete of this yeah. brand. So it was pretty – Pretty cool. Any new Seth Gross Asics shoes coming out? Oh man, I think I gotta go go win win some win some big <laughs> titles before they do that. They're pretty yeah. selective on the sure. shoes. Um, I know once you know if I if I can go win a world title or Olympic title, that they'll definitely yeah. be about it. But I got some work to do. Sure. But. That's cool. Yeah. You got well, anything? I just got one more question. Your senior year last year in Wisconsin, you're you're going for your second national championship. You're yeah. you're in a really tough weight class. And then COVID hits. Yeah. And what were your like uh, initial reaction to that? Honestly, I I mean, I was upset because I was prepared, and and I think the thing that upset me is that I lost the Big Ten championship, and that was my last tournament ever. But outside of that, you know, I'd accomplished my biggest goal, which was winning a national title. You know, my biggest goal in college. Um, but outside of that, you know, my goal has always been the Olympics, and at first. The national championship got canceled. The Olympic trials were a month away, and so I was just like, "All right, whatever. I got to go focus on this now. There's no time to really worry about, you know, what happened." So I, I just got right back into training, trying to get ready for the Olympics. Then, then that got postponed, pushed back a year, and I ended up. It ended up being tough for me because I was kind of in between her. I ended up cutting down to 57, so I held that weight down forever, and ended up going 57 that next year at the trials, but. It was, yeah, like I said, I, I probably felt more for the guys that never got on the podium, the guys that, you know, got second and never got a chance to win a national title. I felt a lot for those guys, and, and you know, there was a few guys uh, that I was teammates with at Wisconsin that, you know, they didn't get that chance. And so I, I was bummed for them. Um, I was fortunate enough that I did accomplish what I set out to do in college, so I wasn't too hurt, and I was ready you know, I've always loved freestyle a little more, so I was excited to, you know, go try to win an Olympic title, start doing this freestyle thing, and and fortunately, you know, through it all, I ended up getting a coaching job too. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, I feel a lot worse for the people that, you know, never got to accomplish those goals. For sure. Well, uh, we uh, before we started this podcast, we all listed our our top five most wanted guests and of all time. Of all time, and Brady Shoe over here. He has this, we give this to all our guests, but you were on his top five list. Let's of, go. Of wanted guests. Some so say number one. Number one, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I love so we'll it. have him bring on. Yes. <laughs> Classic what combat What number clock. are we on? Six? Number six. Oh. Dang. Let's go. Dang, that, awesome. that is heavy duty. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah number six. Yes. Yeah, it's got the stand go. right down there, too. Put on the mantle. Yep. Where do you get that? That's so awesome. So he makes it. So he has a oh, metal no cutting. Oh, no way. Yeah. 
No way. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, I've never gotten something like this from a podcast ever. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. What, what would you rank this podcast on your favorite podcast you've been on? Just straight up because I got this gift. It might be number one. <laughs> Let's go. I never got anything. Yeah, I'm going to go put this on my, on my desk at, at work. It's pretty cool. Sweet. Awesome. Number six. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, yeah, Seth. Thank you. Yeah, th- thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. So.